1: With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears, Go Bears presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming.
2: What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. It's the holiday season. Week 11 is in the books for the NFL season and the Chicago Bears lost more than the game on Sunday in Atlanta. The uh, quarterback, Justin Fields, was dealing with a shoulder injury. It looked like he was dealing with some cramping during the game as well. The Bears are now 3-8 and eight on the year, and the quarterback status is kind of uh, up and down here, as Matt Eberflus would not give a definitive answer on Monday, saying he's day-to-day. They'll know more Wednesday. Also would not rule out it's a season-ending injury. What else should we expect? But we're going to break that down. Talk about Sunday's game and preview week 12 against the New York Jets. The Bears are on the road again in New York. We'll do it with a special guest, a special interview. Before we get into all that, though, I have to welcome in Aaron Lumming. And Aaron, I guess the biggest story right now is the health of Justin Fields and how that shoulder is feeling.
3: Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, we're right before we're talking, you know, right before we jumped on and started recording, we're talking about it's like, you know, this time last week. Um, You know, it felt like Jets fans and Bears fans have been going out at the most in terms of, you know, quarterbacks from last year. And it it, honestly, in my personal opinion, and we'll get more into this later, my personal opinion, it feels like Jets fans kind of have that same complex that Bears fans had back in 2018 or, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, when the Bears took Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, right? It just, it feels like one of those situations where Justin Fields is clearly the better quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is clearly a better quarterback. Frankly, Mac Jones is clearly a better quarterback. And Zach Wilson is cruising towards bus territory real quick. And now we're looking at a situation where, with what Robert Sala said, we could be looking at, you know, two backup quarterbacks going at it. And unfortunately for Bears fans, you know, at least the Jets, I mean, the Jets are six and four. I mean, they're they're right on the precipice of a playoff spot. You know, for the Bears, they're three and eight, man. Like there's if Justin Fields isn't playing for Bears fans, there's not a whole lot to watch right now. And in some ways, I you know it, it kind of sucks, I won't lie, but in other ways, I, I don't know about you, man. And I know some people are probably not going to like this, but I, after this last win, I'm sorry, after this last loss, I've just kind of you know, you look at where the Bears are at in terms of draft positioning right now, um, because they played an extra game more than most people because they haven't had their buy yet. They are currently sitting with the third overall pick in the draft. Now, I'm looking at this draft and I'm seeing CJ Stroud and uh, uh, Bryce Young is the, the first two quarterbacks and the first two picks are going to be off the board. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, the, the Houston is going to end up with the first overall pick. Um, it sounds like Davis Mills may end up finding the bench. He's going to be a really good backup. He's not a starting quarterback. We knew that. Um, you know, Carolina, maybe the Raiders, we'll have to kind of see what happens with some of these other teams, you know, could end up slotting in as number two or number three. But let's just say the Bears are picking in that top three. Um, you're either going to have the option of trading down for a team that's desperate for a quarterback or you're going to be sitting there staring down the barrel at an elite defender with either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where, again, I know this hasn't happened in a while. I know it's been what 2000, really 2017 was the last time, or I guess 2016 was the last time uh, that we've really had to focus on the Bears quote unquote tanking or, you know, whatever you want to call it, basically, you know, losing as many games as possible and, and getting that high draft pick, But that's kind of where it feels like it's at, man, especially with Justin Fields. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't heard anything yet. and It's going to be cryptic, but I don't know about you, but it just, it feels like, and again, I could be wrong here, but it feels like these next two games are probably going to be Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback and go get in the bye week in week 14, that late bye. And then I would assume if Fields is back, healthy, ready to go, you bypass these two vaunted front sevens ahead of you, you get these last four games of the season, you, you, Kind of build a little bit more off of what Justin Fields has already done, and you can go in the offseason feeling really good about the progress being made.
2: Yeah. You know, the Matt is using the competitive advantage technique today when he met the media, you know, pretty much saying that they don't have an update. He's day to day. They feel a little more optimistic, according to the report from um, Ian Rappaport. But then Eberfluss said, you know, he can't rule out a, a season ending injury. The Jets kind of doing the same thing with the competitive advantage stuff, not really opening the door on Joe Flacco, not really fully closing the door on on Zach Wilson, even though I don't think Wilson's going to start. So, yeah, we're not going to know anything on on Justin Fields until Wednesday, but it does kind of seem like we're going down that path where you have two games and then you have the bye week, the late bye week here coming up. Um, It would be, what, week 14? So if, if he does take these two days off or two weeks off, get the extra week off with the rest, um, maybe he's good for the final couple of weeks of the season. But, I mean, it just kind of goes down to, man, he's, he's, he's getting hit a lot. He He's going to suffer injuries. He's going to be banged up. And I think we kind of saw that in the game against Atlanta, especially in that second half, where there was that one drive he went five for five. He had the beautiful throw to, to David Montgomery. They capped it off with the David Montgomery touchdown run. He was buying time by scrambling, but he wasn't taking off like we're used to seeing him. Instead, he was kind of standing back there, buying time, and then looking for open receivers and trying to find, you know, open receivers down the field. It, it just could just tell like either he was cramping, something was up with the hamstring, um, he was sore, his legs were just dead weight on him, but it, it was definitely different. And then, you know, Fast forward to the end of the game where they have another chance to go down and score on a game-winning drive. And the play calling to me was just, I, I'm pretty sure you agree with this, was just absolutely insane. It it, it looked like a team that was tanking out there. Um, you call a design quarterback run on the first play. He gets tackled, lands hard on his shoulder. Um, not only stays on the ground, which forces the Bears to have to call a timeout to give him some extra, you know, um, time there. But then he has another run, and today Matt Eberflus said it wasn't – he doesn't think it was called as a design run for the quarterback. It was some mix-up with him and David Montgomery. Still, that's twice, though, your quarterbacks running on back-to-back plays. And then the third and final play, just kind of the bad throw. Um, I don't – it was a bad throw. I mean, yeah, it hit David Montgomery in the hands, but it was too high. Like, it, it was too high for David Montgomery. I don't know why we have to defend every single mistake that Fields makes. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, it was a bad throw. I can't even just call it? It was an interception, a bad throw. So, yeah, it was just kind of bad all around. And I think, you know, looking ahead, the excitement level went from, oh, wow, we get to watch Justin Fields every week and our offense is going to put up, you know, close to 30 points every week to, oh, we have to watch Trevor Simeon play the New York Jets, the Green Bay Packers, and potentially the Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, and Detroit Lions down the season. So it's going to be a rough, what, we have six or six games left, seven weeks. It's going to be a bit of a rough seven weeks here for Bears fans to close out the year.
3: Yeah, and I'll be honest, man, I, I know Matty with is, you know, keeping the door open for whatever, for the quote-unquote competitive advantage. Dude, they're 3 a. Who gives a shit?
2: It's you been know, like but, that all. all it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's just
3: absolutely crazy. It, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, I would be, honestly, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Justin Fields – is gone for the season. I just, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think ultimately, like I said, I think if they were smart, especially if this is really bothering him, if they were smart, they would just say, "Okay, we're going to bring you back after the bye week. Don't put them on IR. We're, we're going to bring you back after the bye week. We'll call up Peterman. These next two games would be the backup, and we'll just roll with that." It, it, you know, and again, from a win loss perspective, it is what it is. But yeah, going back, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm having a hard time here because I feel like. Luke gets play call in the beginning of the season was bad. I mean, there's just no other way of putting it. He goes, he makes those adjustments during that mini bye week. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, like this is the guy that everybody talked about. This is the, the, you know, the, basically the genius in the room. This is a guy that everybody respects like, okay, cool. This is great. And, you know, for the the first, basically, what was it? Three games, three or four games? I, I can't remember. It's been such a long season with a with a New England game since they made that adjustment. Whatever it is, you know, they they make these adjustments. The offense is averaging, you know, over thirty points a game. You're thinking, okay, cool, like this is really working. But I, I think in the back of everybody's mind, you know, a lot of people are kind of wondering. It's like, okay, but how long is this going to last before defenses finally adjust? Well, DP's finally adjusted, and I think we kind of saw that. Um, I think it was a combination of the adjustments being made. I think it was also very clear early on that Justin Fields just simply wasn't himself uh, in terms of his legs. He still made some fantastic plays back in the pocket, um, and you know made a few nice runs. But yeah, man, I, I, I think I think two things can be true, right? I, I think in terms of Justin Fields, the passer, I think that this was probably his worst of the of the four games since they made this adjustment. Uh, I don't think he was bad by any means. I don't think he was overly good. I think the thing is, man, is they run the ball so much and their offensive line is so damn bad in drop-back situations where I, I just I don't know that Justin Fields is cons- you know completely con- you know, trusting this offensive line in those situations, which I don't blame him. But unfortunately, that's kind of part of the development of a quarterback, especially – I mean, he's going to have to be a pocket passer at times. There's no way that you can move the pocket 24-7. There's no way that you can expect – that, you know, he's going to take off and run every single time. At some point in time, he's going to have to become a better pocket pass. So that's part of the development of everything else. And again, that's not enough. That's just where he is. He's already been really damn good, but there's still a lot of improvement to be made. What I don't understand is I don't understand anybody with eyes could see that Justin Fields was clearly not feeling it from a leg perspective. Like he pointed out, he kept reaching for his hamstrings. He said it was cramping. We'll see, you know, it, you know, if the truth ever really comes out on that, but yeah, you get down, to that last drive of the game right and that's the thing is i think a lot of people are going to look at that and say well he had one throwing touchdown and he had one running touchdown but that was it And it's like yeah eh, i i get that but at the same time like that drive that that drive for them to get the game tied to the second to last drive of the game uh, the offensive drive of the game to get that game tied does not happen if justin fields is not in that quarterback That some of the crazy plays that he was able to make with his legs in the pocket to be able to make that drive happened were, I mean, it was, it was great, you know, but then you get in that last drive of the game, like you pointed out, you're in a two minute drill. I don't care if you have all three timeouts, you're in a two minute drill, you're down three points. And the first play of that drive, you decide that you want to call a, a quarterback run. That just doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And again, like I, I understand Matt Eberflus' defense was, well, it was supposed to be a run play in the second play. Okay. You just gain one yard. It's second down and nine. You had to burn a timeout because you know Justin Fields is hurt. That's the entire reason why he had to burn a timeout. He's grabbing his shoulder and you're running the ball on second down. When you're down three points and you have two timeouts left and it's under two minutes to go, I, that's, that's what I don't understand. Because again, man, like, and I tweeted this out a few times yesterday during the game. Luke Getze has a tendency at times of putting the Bears in these third, the second, third, and fourth long situations. And we've seen it. Again, man, this is the third week in a row that the Bears have had a chance with the ball on offense, have had a chance to go down and either tie or win the game, and they have failed miserably on all three attempts. Their offense moves the ball all game, and they get in that situation And it's like, all of a sudden, it's just, you can't call plays the same way. You cannot call plays the way that you call it in the first quarter and the second quarter. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's just, again, yeah, Justin Fields made a bad throw. I don't think there's anybody who really, well, there are people who will, you know, you know, deny that or whatever it may be. I mean, the reality of it is whether the throw was going to Darnell Mooney and you know uh like someone pointed out or whether that was going to uh david montgomery i know field said it was supposed to go to montgomery but i think in some ways that's protection it doesn't matter it wasn't a good throw but again man it's like why are they in a third and five situation with two runs where your quarterback's banged up why are they in that position to begin with why aren't you going downfield more why aren't you going for more high percentage passes when was the last time that we saw this team throw a screen pass those are the kind of things where it's like okay I understand that the offense has been working the way it has been, but you're also getting into a point of the season where the Bears have played 11 straight games without a true bye week. Justin Fields has been running the ball a lot more, and he's been taking a lot lot more hits over the last few weeks. At some point in time, you have to adjust the offense. Okay, I understand that you can't drop straight back in the pocket and throw the ball a ton of times, but there's got to be certain plays and certain concepts that you can run, whether it's slants, whatever it is. Get get the ball out quick. Not get the ball out quick behind the line of scrimmage. Get the ball out quick over the middle of the field. The Bears are barely attacking the middle of the field, and there's just – Again, I think Luke Getzi has done a fantastic job over these last few weeks. But I think that when you look at this game, again, man, this is a third game in a row where realistically they should have won the game. It is crazy as that is a the sound. They should they should at least be two and one right now. They should have beat Detroit. They should have beat Atlanta. This is a second game in a row where they've controlled the majority of the game and they haven't been able to do a damn thing with it when it comes down to it. and again, you know, whatever it is what it is, the wins and the losses don't matter. But I think that moving forward, especially these last however many games Justin Fields plays for the, the rest of the year, they're going to have to make some adjustments because he cannot be taking these kind of hits. I think that the overall plan of him running the ball at times and the way that they've attacked with the offense can be sustainable, but I think they have to be smarter in, in, in the ways that they do it.
2: Yeah, it just, it just felt like Atlanta was kind of catching on to what they were doing, and Atlanta was, was playing it really well. They were playing the runs really well. They shut it down. You know, Fields did make some throws. He missed a throw to Darnell Mooney. Um, he's got he's still got to improve in that area. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Um as as time goes on. So he's gotta get better at throwing the ball out of the pocket, things like that. Because when a team like, you know, Atlanta does play the run well and does kind of slow down your offense, how um you like to run it, you know, you're gonna have to adjust kind of um on the fly and 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 make the um you know, make the decisions and make the adjustments to put your team in a better position to win. I just, I really thought, you know, it was a combination of a lot of bad. It was um, not a good game from from Luke Getze. It it wasn't um, a good game by any means um, from this offensive line. They got dominated on the defensive line. The trenches were really just ugly. The trenches were total um, advantaged to Atlanta on both sides. I mean, the Bears really did not have much of a chance, especially on the defensive line. I, I don't I mean, they're not even getting close to getting pressures. That's how bad it is. Like they're at a historically bad um defensive line, the front four. they They really cannot get any pressure. And it's going to be ugly the rest of the season on both sides in the trenches. and you know that's why not to look too far ahead. They're gonna address it in the offseason. That's their biggest need right there is the offensive line, defensive line. And they can kind of start to build from there. So yeah, it was you know, it was just kind of just a mixture of bad all around. It was something that we weren't used to seeing the past couple of weeks um from this team because it's, it's it's been exciting. It's been something new and and something refreshing for Bears fans that we haven't seen in in years, honestly. So, but yeah, I mean, up next for the Bears, you know, they do have the New York Jets, and like we said. The quarterback controversy in New York is the biggest story for the Jets team. Um, We're going to get the inside scoop on that from uh, Paul Eston Jr., who does a good job covering the Jets over there in New York, as Robert Sala just talked about. An hour before we record this podcast and interview with him. Before we bring him on, though, Aaron, we have to talk to our guest about odds trader a lot of sports going on it's a, it's a great week for sports right now the world cup kicked off yesterday um, full games every single day for the next couple of weeks it's going to be great we have college football wrapping up we have the nhl nba in season nfl in season college basketball tournaments are going wild and odds trader is the best place to compare all odds from all major sports books not only can you compare the best odds you can compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal for your betting. The app provides player statistics, injury reports, projected game day weather, key game day stats, and also has an awesome bet tracker that helps you record and keep track of your bets as the days go on, especially with these busy days coming up. You're going to want to use that tool a lot. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And Aaron, let's bring on our interview here with our guest, Paul Eston Jr., who breaks down the Jets, what's going on with Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, what the heck happened against the New England Patriots on on Sunday for them, and much, much more. And we'll be back to wrap our segment up with our predictions and our X Factor.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Paul Esden. He does a great job covering the Jets as the host of the Jet Zone podcast. He also covers them for heavy on sports. And he's our guy right now to kind of tell us what the heck is going on over there in New York as news went wild before we started recording this. Before we get into all that, Paul, thank you first off for joining us tonight.
4: Oh, this is groovy, guys. Uh, thanks for having me, baby. This is a uh, phenomenon. I wish we got to play a little bit more often, so we could, uh, you know, do these little soirées a little more often. But uh, nonetheless, uh, quality over quantity, I suppose. And I enjoy the uh, thanks for the invite, fellas.
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, I mean, I guess this is a, this is a very obvious first question because we are recording this here on Monday night, um, and you were just talking about the uh, the Jets press conference and. <laughs> What Robert Sala said, and it's, it's, it's so just kind of break it down. What, what the heck is going on over there in New York?
4: Yeah, uh, this is uh, so for everybody to kind of get in here a little behind the curtains. Robert Sala normally speaks to the New York media at 315 every Monday following the game. Again, there's some slight adjustments if you're on Monday night football or something else. But normally that's how the schedule works. So, you know, we're waiting for the presser to start and it's being del- and there's like no update from the jet. So, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. Then we start going like what's going on? And, and of course, your mind just goes. Okay, something's about to drop here. Something's about to happen now. Apparently, the timing of that delay is some sort of familial matter with one member of the coaching staff. Sala did not want to be pressed about it. But the bigger news that may have played some role uh, in some of the delay of that meeting is Robert Sala, for the first time during his entire run with the Jets, this is his second season as a head coach of the Jets, he has opened the door on uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, For instance, after the game, after the New England Patriots loss, He said, quote, it's the furthest thing from my mind in terms of a potential quarterback change, almost dismissing it entirely. And now we get, you know, 24 hours later. And he said that he refused to guarantee that Zach Wilson will start at quarterback this week against the Jets. And he did not even say that uh, the backup quarterback, which, by the way, is Mike White. uh, Joe Flacco was the backup quarterback for the first large chunk of the season. And then the Jets made kind of a weird change in the middle of it where just kind of randomly, hey, just so you guys know, uh, Joe Flacco's third string, Mike White, is uh, the backup. And it kind of caught a lot of people off guard. Robert Sala kind of gave a weird explanation why, but not even Mike White is guaranteed to be the guy. Uh, All options are on the table, according to Robert Sala, which seemingly opens the door for Joe Flacco. Mike White and a fan favorite is on the practice squad. Even Chris Strevler apparently in the mix as well. So that's what the hell is going on in New York land, I suppose.
3: And that sounds like a lot, man. That is that is wild. Especially, you know, it's it's funny because you would expect, like for the Bears, for example, a three and eight, if they were dealing with a similar quarterback situation, you would expect that from a three and eight team, right? And the Jets mm-hmm. obviously have not had a lot of good luck of the last few years. They're so six and four, man. They're right outside of a playoff spot. And going into Sunday's game, they weren't a playoff spot. So You know, to kind of dive more into this, just because obviously, I don't know how much you're on Twitter, it seems like Bears fans and Jets fans have been going at it over quarterbacks all season long. So Bears fans obviously know what we've seen with Justin Fields, but kind of break down, you know, Zach Wilson and why they're even in the spot that they're in right now.
4: Yeah. First off, uh, talk about juxtaposition, right? So heading into this weekend, if the jets would have just won the game with everything else uh, that happened, the jets would have been the number two seed in the AFC only behind the chiefs first place in the AFCs with that, with the loss, they're outside the playoffs. If they started today, go figure, I I guess, uh, whether that's the AFC conference or just kind of uh, the NFL in in general and, and the playoffs don't start. So I guess either way, it uh, wouldn't matter, but that is kind of wild, but yes, uh, I am uh, Twitter is probably my biggest presence of all the social media portals. And, yes, Bears and Jet fans have been going at each other's throats. I've seen the Bears fans share that one meme where uh, Justin Fields' face is superimposed on the Grim Reaper, and he's been going into every fellow quarterback class with the bloody trail. And the last one, apparently, on Justin Fields' hit list is Zach Wilson. Uh, So we'll see if that matchup ends up happening with all the – Injury issues and quarterback questions in New York, whether that's going to happen. I mean, here it is. Zach Wilson is showing exactly the things that he showed at BYU with the sexy pops of explosive plays and the improv off platform, all the words you want to use. He was able to get out the pocket and show this rocket launcher arm. And, you know, it's exciting. Those splash plays are exciting. But the problem is, is that they are too few often in between. Is sandwich in between are careless turnovers and, and looseness with the football and, and uh, almost like an adamant nature to not throw the ball away. He never knows when enough is enough, when to just, you know, dirt the ball and live to see another play He always wants a home run ball. And so that's kind of always been on his mind, whether it's from his rookie season to now. And the other wild thing is, is that, you know, Zach Wilson, when you look at his interceptions, he's had 16 of them in 19 career games. We can even go 16 to 20 career games because you just played uh, the 20th against the Patriots over the weekend, but didn't throw a pick. But in those games, so 16 picks in in 20 games, seven of those have come against the New England Patriots. For the math people in our audience, that's 44% of his interceptions have come against New England. So obviously the Patriots just have this number. And then the other uh, games, if you take away those interceptions because we're talking about all those other games, again, there, there is this level of okay, we could see it. The Tampa Bay game last year for Zach Wilson, they were able to move the ball and it seemed like something finally clicked for him. And then of course this year, he misses the first three games of the year because of a uh, meniscus knee injury back in the preseason. So it always just seems like nothing can ever be fully there for Zach Wilson. And when you think it is, the jets have a championship level defense. Uh, They had a really good offensive line. They had a running game. They've got a lot of really talented playmakers, but Zach Wilson was unable to get it done. And Robert Sala called the offense, uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, that uh, that's not NFL football. Like that's, uh, you know, you, you can't accept that. That's unacceptable is what he said, uh, describing the offense. So Zach Wilson has had far too many inconsistencies yesterday throwing for 70 something yards. Again, that's just not good enough. And Robert Sala knows the difference between this year and last year is this year's Jets are a lot better, obviously, than last year's Jets, and he can't afford to just play this developmental game at the quarterback position. He's got a locker room of guys that want to win now and know they can win now, which speaks to uh, Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver, kind of going off in the locker room yesterday.
2: So right now, fresh uh, off the news, what is your gut feeling? Who starts Sunday against the Bears? If you had to make a prediction, obviously things – Could change, probably will change over over the course of the week here. We still got five or six days till the game starts. And then I guess my follow-up to that is how much time does Zach Wilson have left here in New York? Is this it for him this season? Will they actually move on after two years? Or will he get another year and then they might pull the plug on him then?
4: Man, it's crazy to think about. But my gut right now at this moment, as of recording of this show, is Mike White. Uh, Will be the guy because you know there's of course Robert Sala could have used this as an opportunity to check a young quarterback who seemingly has an ego and there's been some accountability questions when he comes up to the podium and they say hey uh, you know were you the reason that your team lost today he had multiple opportunities over the last couple of weeks and the latest one came in this Patriots game he's like no no you know windy and all these other things like he always wants to point fingers at other people now is that the real attitude he has in the locker room I don't know but perception can often be reality so. This could just be a threat to kind of check Zach Wilson, but I don't think so. I I don't think Robert Sala would have went to this level of, of course, Zach Wilson's our guy, to maybe a quarterback change all for fluff. I think a change is going to be made this week. And my gut right now says Mike White, but it's interesting that he left the door wide open, that it wouldn't just be Mike White. Uh, I do think it's going to be Mike White. In terms of is Zach Wilson done? It's an interesting question because Joe Douglas, uh, the general manager of the New York Jets, that was his swing at the bat at the quarterback position, was taking Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick in that 2021 NFL draft. And for him to potentially hit the eject button after this time, Would be kind of wild, but there's going to be a few options that I think would intrigue the Jets. Jimmy Garoppolo can't be franchise tagged because of that new restructure with the 49ers. If he's out there, there's the obvious 49ers connections, 49ers-Jets connections with Jimmy G. He will be a free agent. Uh, uh, We've been discussing the Derek Carr possibility over the weekend after we realized where uh, Zach Wilson was going in this Patriots game is even a possibility. Again, with the Raiders likely having one of the top picks in the 2023 NFL draft, perhaps he becomes expendable. Uh, at some point. But I think that this is not the last chapter in the book. So even if they do go to Mike White this week, as I believe they will, I don't think this is the end because obviously Zach Wilson is more talented than Joe Flacco and Mike White and even Chris strevler for all those uh, Chris strevler fans in our audience. I-, I feel like Zach Wilson is going to somehow, whether by injury, by hook or crook or what have you, we'll get another opportunity this season But the Jets are in a win-now mode now, which is crazy to think about when we were talking about what happened in the offseason. So I think one way or another, he will get another opportunity. But if at the end of the year they don't feel – Some level of conviction, one way or another, I believe that the Jets would be willing to uh, move on in some sense, but is it just going to be Jimmy G you bring him in the room and he competes with Zach and, and then takes a job from there that that much is unclear this far out. But I think the fact that it's even a question speaks to it with him just being the number two overall pick in 2021.
3: Well, and kind of going towards maybe a little bit more of a broad end spectrum, right? Because like, like you talked about, you know, a lot of bears fans are, I don't know if I'd say obsessed, but there, there's definitely been a lot of talk about just this quarterback class in general. Right. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't just have to do with Zach Wilson. doesn't have to do just Justin Fields, but you're talking about Trevor Lawrence as well. And I feel like the last few years, Because of this, you've had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. And and you've had the three teams that have kind of been glued together in a sense, right? And you look at this last offseason, the Bears obviously went in the rebuild direction. But you look at the two teams with the Jets and the Jaguars, right? The Jaguars made a ton of headlines this offseason for all the money they spent. I mean, honestly, a lot of the reckless money that they spent. And you're looking (laughs) at them, and and they've got three wins. And then you look at the Jets, who have been developing their own talent. Were relatively active in free agency, but nothing too crazy. What, I guess my question here is, is what was the difference between a team like the Jets and a team like the Jaguars? Why have the Jets been so successful in six and four and and, and one of the surprising teams in the league versus a team like the
4: Jaguars that are sitting there at three and eight? I hope this just doesn't sound like I'm blown off the question because I like the question uh, here, but, I think it's as simple as hitting on your free agents, uh, and, and obviously the draft picks as well. But we'll go with the free agents first, right? You see, the Jaguars show crazy money at Christian Kirk and and Fuli Fatukasi, the former Jet, and, and so many others. Uh, you know, of uh, bringing these kind of guys into the room, the Jets. We're in a we're in the conversation for J.C. Jackson who goes to the crazy money to the Chargers. He was a guy that they talked about in the room. Like, is do we want to go that crazy or do we want to go over here? They they consider Stefan Gilmore ended up going to the Colts. So they were going through a lot of different cornerback options. Like, okay, where are we going to go from here? We're going to upgrade here, but what are we going to do? They signed some guy named D.J. Reed, three year deal for thirty three million. A lot of uh, Jet fans interpreted that as some sort of fallback option, a guy who's a former system guy. Okay, he'll just kinda kinda come in and be a guy. And he's proven to be one of the best corners in all of football this year. So hitting on that it has been like a stunning revelation because the Jets have this infamous history in free agency with bringing guys in, paying them a lot of money, and then they suck as soon as they come to New York. So hitting on guys like DJ Reed, obviously hitting on your draft picks. I mean, this has been a foundational draft class for the Jets. They had three first-round picks, nearly four first-round picks. They tried to trade back up for Brees Hall. And let's go through them. Sas He's been arguably the best corner of all in all of football, not just defense rookie year, which I'm sure he's the front runner for, and he is in a lot of uh, betting markets, but just in general, his transition from Cincinnati to the NFL, that jump has been seismic. And I don't even think people realized that he was capable of making this jump. They all thought there was going to be struggles and there really hasn't been. He hasn't had a bad day at the office, which is crazy to say Garrett Wilson, is also in the running for offensive rookie of the year. He's dynamic. He's fluid. The body control, the ability to make plays. Jermaine Johnson in a much more limited role because of how the Jets' defense is set up. He's been a rotational guy, but he's had a lot of big-time plays this season. Brees Hall, of course, was a freak before tearing his ACL. That's a damn shame. He's a super-talented player. But even the other guys, Max Mitchell, the random guy they drafted out of Louisiana in the fourth round, he ends up being this really solid tackle before he gets hurt. He could come back this week against the bears or maybe a future week and michael clemens and all these guys i mean just look at how this jets team was able to hit on draft picks hit on free agency and that's what accelerated it that's what made it perhaps a year earlier than people could have expected because at the beginning of the year the outside national media simply said okay jets do whatever you're going to do five wins six wins for the whole year but ultimately at the end of the day You're not going to be able to compete till 2023. And I think this Jets team took that as bulletin board material and they were able to hit on their free agents, hit on their draft picks. And you have to give a huge, amount of credit to this coaching staff that was much maligned in year number one, Robert Sala changing this defense. And Jeff Ulbrich, who's the defensive coordinator from arguably the worst unit in all football, to all of a sudden a top five, top 10 unit with Quinn and Williams and everybody else. So the magic wand waved over the defense has been incredible. And then the offensive talent that they've been able to accumulate and hit on, it's been brilliant. I think that's the simplest way. And obviously Trevor Lawrence has had kind of these up and downs and he has a lot of talent. On that offense as well, but I think that in its simplest sense is hitting on your picks and hitting uh, hitting on your free agency, which is much easier said than done, of course, but that is uh, the secret recipe.
2: How good is this defense and how much are they licking their chops going up against what is probably one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL and um, an offense that just doesn't have a lot of weapons, which is especially true if Justin Fields is out on Sunday.
4: Oh, man, that uh, Jets revenge game. Trevor Simeon. Oh, yeah, baby. We got storylines for days. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't flexed us already. Perhaps some more details uh, to come on that. Uh, th- this Jets defense is 100% I'm. I, I mean, they're just elite. There's no other way to say it. They've got elite playmakers at every level. Quinnen Williams has been a, a, a man among boys. Uh, he has eight sacks already this season. That's already a career high, and we still have seven games to go. He's been spectacular. He's been healthy. He's bought into the system, and uh, really, he's just kind of come into his own. The Jets have a healthy defensive line rotation of guys like john franklin myers who can take over a game carl lawson got a nice sack over the weekend so the defensive line which is the bread and butter of this scheme in general but this unit has been spectacular i think one of the surprises well actually two surprises uh, the linebacking core. they have cj mosley this old guy that everyone says oh he's over the hill this guy stinks and uh, he's been spectacular this season and you have these two guys that they kind of found off the didn't just kinda. I mean, they found off the scrap heap. Quincy Williams is better known as the older brother of Quinnen. When the Jets scooped him off of waivers, a lot of people just rolled their eyes and said, Oh, cool family family reunion story. If, if an episode of family feud comes up as some NFL players, maybe they will be on it. You know, that's what they were talking about. And Quincy Williams is a heat seeking missile, not a perfect player by any means, but he brings the juice. He's a thumper and he brings that energy to the rest of the team. And Quan Alexander, they scooped up off the free agent pool. He's just hanging out there uh, at the beginning of training camp. The Jets scooped him up. Former scheme guy from Robert Sala. former system guy from San Francisco. And he's been electric this season. And then you go to the secondary sauce Gardner and DJ reader, perhaps the best uh, cornerback duo in the NFL. And the one that probably a lot of bears fans are just general NFL fans don't know is Michael Carter. The second he's been one of the better slot corners in all of football. So they have this great trio of cornerbacks that have been spectacular PFF grades, whatever grades you want to evaluate. And then the other surprise has been the safety tandem, the safety tandem, but Marcus Joyner almost retired this off season and Jordan Whitehead was had for marginal money. Uh, inconsequential money and they actually after a couple of rough starts at the beginning of the season uh, have really found a way to bounce back and have been playmakers really both of them registering uh, multiple interceptions on the season so yeah the defense is licking their chops and you would think if i would have told the jets defense ahead of that patriots game hey you're only going to give up three points on the defensive side of the ball and you're going to lose i'm sure these guys are going to be very angry uh for that home game coming back with chicago coming in and certainly licking their chops at opportunity but i think they're going to remember this earlier in the season the jets played this quote-unquote much maligned Bengals offensive line and i don't believe the jets had a sack they may have had one uh in that game and that was supposed to be a bad offensive line and they didn't deliver so i don't think they're going to be just reading the headlines and assuming they're going to go off but they are very confident in themselves
3: well, and they should be. This Bears offensive line is a giant mess, and quite frankly, I think there's a lot of Bears fans out there that're probably a little relieved that Justin Fields is probably not going to be playing this weekend. Especially, I mean, do they face two of the worst defensive lines in football outside of the Bears? Obviously, uh, the last two weeks, and they've given up eight sacks. So, I mean, Oof. yeah, it should be a field day uh, for the Jets defense. My final question for you is, and this is just kind of an overall outlook on the season. How do you see this thing ending for the Jets in terms of, you know, i take out all the Zach Wilson stuff. Like, how do you see the season ending? Do you think the, the Jets get in the playoffs? Do you think they kind of level out because
4: of the quarterback situation? Where do you see this thing going? First off, field day. I see what you did there. Massive respect. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can appreciate that. Um, I'm going to stick by, and maybe this is naive, but back in May when the Jets schedule came out, Uh, There was leaks, of course, with all the schedules, but I I wanted to wait and then just basically jump on on a live show and just walk through the schedule with everybody and we all look at it together. And I went through that sketch and I said the Jets would be nine and eight. I, I got last. There's people outside my house, pitchforks and torches, and uh, and uh, they're they're coming for my life. And now we look at the season uh, as it's kind of developed. Some people said, "Oh, wow, boy, you were too low." Now we're here at six and four. They're like, "You're too high again." I don't know. It's an epic roller coaster here in New York, where one week we're winning the Super Bowl, the next week, oh boy, they're getting the number one pick. So it's it's uh, it's fun. It's certainly fun uh, to do this gig. So I'm gonna stay right where I was at nine and eight. I believe all. Ultimately, is where they go. And no disrespect to all you beautiful Bears fans out there, but I think a lot of Jet fans, as they were looking ahead at the second half stretch, they had three home games circled on the schedule. The Chicago Bears, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. They almost took those as gimmies. I don't don't want to quite say that because I'm sure everyone looked at the Jets and said the same thing. And then say, hey, let's get another road game somewhere in there. Because right now the Jets are at six and four. And I suppose if they got those three games I just mentioned, they get the nine wins that I was projecting. But you have all these other road games of you got to play Buffalo. You got to play Miami, Minnesota, which is a weird one. And maybe you guys know better than me in the NFC North. Well, what the hell's going on over there? But so you have a couple of these weird road games where you're not really sure what to make or really not sure how to evaluate some of those. But at the end of the day, I say it's nine and eight. Now, nine and eight, that's precarious as we're talking about the playoffs. Again, Jets are at six and four. The playoffs start today. They would not be in it. They have uh, they lose the head-to-head tiebreakers, both against the Patriots, who swept them, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, is nine and eight good enough for the playoffs? I mean, ultimately, we'll see. I thought back in May that it would be, but uh, who knows? I think 10 wins you're in in the 17-week uh, format and seven game uh, seven teams in each conference that make the playoffs last year. None of the 10 win teams didn't make it. They all made it. So I think if you get to 10, you make it. But I think this team's going to be on the cusp of the playoffs. Let's plug them into that seven seed, nine and eight, and we'll see what happens. Again, obviously this quarterback situation is up in the air, and they're trying to look for a guy that's not going to turn over the ball and kind of be the quote-unquote Mark Sanchez of 2009 with this defense running game and everything else. But they've had a lot of injuries this year, but I still think they could get to nine and eight on the year, and that's where I'll stay.
2: And my final question for you is, what's your score prediction for Sunday? And give us an X factor as to how the game could be decided. Wow,
4: man. And it's so weird. We ask everyone this. Yes, no, and that's good because I I do. That's all the guests that join my shows. We do uh, these weekly previews. So, uh, you know, I'm prepared for this question normally. And uh, I will just say it's all this up in the air. Justin Fields apparently here. Well, he's day to day, but I'm not rolling out a season ending injury. What? Who? Who? What's happening over there in Chi-Town?
2: Quote unquote competitive advantage is what we Ah, like to call
4: it. I I see. Yeah. Well, because obviously, you know, no offense to Justin Fields. I'm sure the Jets or any team is on the edge of their seat to see whether or not he's in i mean Fields has been spectacular which has been pretty fun uh to see his turnaround i loved him coming out of college so i, I really loved to see justin fields kind of turn around with all the crazy running which has been fun and, and some of the passing as well um you know obviously who these quarterbacks are, are going to dramatically affect this i think that the jets win this game and who knows in terms of the scoring, whether again, Mike White, Zach Wilson, Chris Traveller, Joe Flacco, which uh, keeps everyone on the edge of their seat, say, same competitive advantage, which I'm sure uh, the folks at Eber Flues and all those people I'm sure really can respect. But I'm going to say the Jets win this game. I think really and the main reason I feel so confident is that Jets defense is that kind of going off on all cylinders. If you hold these teams to three points or in the Patriots series in two games, they held them to one touchdown, lost both games. I I don't think that's a sustainable way for other teams to continue to beat you. I mean, I guess it is for the Denver Broncos who continue to lose, not scoring points, but I feel like this Jets team is just going to find a way. They're going to be at home. They're going to be honoring a legend. Darrell Revis is going to be inducted into the ring of honor. They're 0-2 in those kind of games this season. Nick Mangold and DeBrickshaw-Ferguson were both inducted earlier this year for home games and the Jets lost both of those games. So I think there is a little bit of history. They want to finally get one for a legend. Uh, I have the Jets winning this game. You know, let's call it 22 to 10. It's not sexy. I know it's not high scoring, something crazy. Uh, but the the uncertainty at quarterback for both teams, for that matter, kind of uh, puzzles me enough where I'm not really sure where to go with the score. So uh, I'll say 22 to 10. Uh, Jets get the win.
2: Awesome stuff, Paul. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Where can they read your work? Where can they listen to you at? Of course. And
4: branding, baby. At Boy Green two five. <laughs> B-O-Y Green the Color 2-5. I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that same handle, and YouTube.com. At Boy Green 2.5, where we have our weekly shows and all that fun stuff. We'll be getting get you guys ready uh, for Bears Week. We'll have Jacob Infante on uh, this week. Uh, he's a good Bears guy, which will be uh, nice. So We have the Thanksgiving holiday and everything. So, obviously, happy holidays to both of you guys. And thank you so much uh, uh, for having me on the show. This is always a blast. So, anytime you guys want to have me on, that's uh, spectacular. But at Boy Green 2.5 for written work, podcast work, video stuff. we have a lot of We have a lot of fun on all my channels, so I always appreciate it.
2: And Aaron, let's kind of wrap up this episode of the podcast here by giving our prediction, our X factor for week 12. Once again, the Bears are on the road against the New York Giants or New York Jets, I'm sorry. They were already on the road against the New York Giants earlier in the year. Um, so I guess I can go first, Aaron, if, if you don't mind, and I'll give my prediction X factor. I think the Bears are going to lose this game um, because I do think Trevor Simeon will play on Sunday. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be healthy enough to play and it really doesn't matter who's the quarterback for the Jets. Um, I, I think the Jets defense is really damn good and, and is going to be able to create pressure and make life hell back there for Trevor Simeon. Um, I, I, for my score prediction, I'm going to go Jets, let's say 23, Bears 13. Um, I, I just think it's a difficult matchup for the Bears either way. Um, going on the road, playing up against a good defense, you know, probably not having your starter at quarterback, um, things like that. just probably just don't, um, don't mix well for this Bears team right now. Um, in terms of my X factor, you know, if the Bears were to have a chance at winning this game, I think it's going to have to be one of those games where they're going to have to get a bunch of turnovers and a kind of a bunch of, um, you know, not fluke plays, but, you know, a couple plays go their way, a couple bounces go their way. Um, this one, we did see them, Forced two takeaways against the Falcons, but they also gave up the long touchdown uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. They had a questionable decision by by attempting the fifty six yard field goal and then giving the ball right back to the Falcons in good field position, um, that was pretty much a six-point swing. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's kind of a weird x but I think everything's going to almost have to go their way. They're going to have to have the right bounces, a um, couple of tip passes, fall in their arms, maybe a big special teams play, things like that in order for them to win.
3: Yeah, I think it's – especially if we're talking, you know, uh, if we're talking Trevor Simeon versus Mike White or – or Joe Flacco or whoever, because Joe Flacco has actually been the inactive backup. Mike White's been the active backup for them. So that's going to be interesting to see who they think gives them the better chance to win if it's not Zach Wilson, which, frankly, doesn't really feel like it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go. uh, I'm going to go 24-16 Jets over the Bears. I think the Bears will find a way to get one touchdown. Probably move the ball a little bit here and there, um, you know, get a few, few goal, field goals out of it. But ultimately, I don't know that this game's ever really going to feel all that close. And frankly, if both of these quarterbacks are playing, um, you know, it, it, there's a pretty good chance that nobody's going to be remotely interested in the game. So. You know, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Joe Davis, Daryl Moose Johnson, and uh, Pam Oliver, who are going to have the call again this weekend for the Bears. Uh, should be a much less exciting game for them. Uh, as far as my X factor goes, I, you know, honestly, man, I'm just going to go ahead and say, regardless of who starts a quarterback, um, if the Bears want any shot in this game, especially offensively, Uh, It's going to start in the trenches, uh, especially with their offensive line. I mean, the Jets have a really good defense, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, the Jets remind me of the 2018 Bears where Trubisky was playing okay at points, uh, but really, if they had that top-end quarterback and they had a really good offense, I mean, that that defense was more than enough to get them by. It was a really good defense. So yeah, it just, it just kind of reminds me of that where the the Jets have a really good defense as a whole, but they have a really good defensive line. And I think that is going to spell many, many issues for the bears, um, you know, on Sunday. So I think that's going to be my X factor. I I don't know, man, like I said, I, I think this went from being a relatively compelling game to a game, you know, where a game, I could see the bears sticking in and finding a way to win late to, you know, the bears could still win because anything's possible with this team at this point. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This doesn't really seem like a very exciting matchup, and this is probably a game that uh, you know not many outside of the Bears and Jets markets are going to be tuning into now.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, at least for those that maybe want to turn off the game, don't have to work or do anything. Sunday is a crazy sports-packed day. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's NFL all day. There's uh, I think there's a couple NBA games, NHL, the World Cup, all college basketball tournaments are still going on. So. If this one does get ugly, um you'll have some options to um to flip on the TV, but yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat here. And I just it just is gonna be hard for the Bears to find a way to win this game. It almost kind of needs to be um kind of just one of those fluke um type wins for them. But hey, right now they're picking third in, in the 2023 NFL draft. They're tied with the Panthers. Um next week's a big, big game. If if you're um interested in the uh the tanking or the draft position um upcoming. I I do think the Panthers have the Broncos this upcoming week. So those are two teams right there that are kind of in the mix with them. So yeah, it'll be a uh, very, very interesting. But um Aaron, we're covering follow you on Twitter at and work and read your work.
3: Yep. You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter and you can read my work
2: at the bearreport.com awesome you can follow me on Twitter at Zach zack underscore Pearson you can follow the bear report on Twitter at just bear report um, please rate review and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms it helps us and picks for polls podcast um please enjoy your Thanksgiving week your Thanksgiving weekend take in all the sports you can hopefully the Bears uh maybe find a way to make us happy if you're still rooting for wins but until next time everyone please stay safe please stay healthy out there
1: mypatriotsupply.com